Hello and welcome to According to John. Today is part three of Generational Sin. And we're going to be discussing how can generational sin be broken? Because, you know, we've talked a whole lot about it in the last three weeks. With some passion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to check myself. Um, this one makes it a little bit easier. Maybe. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. We're talking remedy now. Yes. I, okay, so we established the problem in one and two because this, it was a two-sided coin in that. So now in three, we are giving the remedy, like what works and what will work or can work for us to actually do this. Now, that being said... The answer of how the of the remedy is still dependent, and we'll talk about that. Yeah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then uh, we will get started. Hey, by the way, I am John Westfall, your host, and this is. I was wondering who you were, this, <laughs> dude. You know, you kind of get into the groove, and you you forget. Hey, but this is Pastor Duke, the Duke Meister, and uh, today we're going to discuss. Uh, generational sin and can it be broken yeah. or how can we do that and give you guys uh, hopefully something to work towards. So let's pray and let's get started. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you and love you, Father. Thank you for this time together. Lord, thank you for your awesomeness and your power and your love, your direction. And Father, that you call on us to be holy. Father, you call on us to break this sin. You call on us, Father, to follow you. Lord, as we go through your word, Help us, Father, and as those who listen, give them strength and courage. Father, give them understanding. Give them spiritual discernment. And, Father, I pray you keep Satan away from them as we learn and we grow. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So as we're looking at this and we're going to talk about it, because when I said that even though we're going to give the answer, it's still conditional on their success. Because... You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it gets pretty passionate as we address this topic together because we were in up to here. Yeah. Because of our, our family backgrounds. Yes. And we've we've experienced what we're going to talk about today. Right. The gift of God. Yes. And as pastors for a combined 75 years, mm -hmm. we've had this stuff up to here. And we know that there's a remedy through Christ because we've lived it right, and we've seen it happen over and over again in our ministry. But unfortunately we've seen people kind of halfway listen. Well, and here's the problem the medicine. when that, and that's it. Okay. I'm a passionate guy anyway, obviously <laughs> if you listen to the podcast and if you listen to the last podcast or was it the first of this series, you're going to find out real fast because I'm thinking maybe I should edit that out. And then, and the Duke Meister says, no, leave it in. Leave it in. And so I'm going to pray about it because I'm very passionate and it could be offensive to some, uh, my response. And I will tell you this, my response is not politically correct. It is not, but nothing else works. And so we're out to help people. I don't think we have to apologize for hating sin. Right. And I don't think we have to apologize for wanting people to get victory Right. And, and have joy and peace in their lives. Right. So th that kind of passion, I think, is not offensive. It's not offensive to me. It motivates me. Uh, so uh, 
I like your passion. Well, I appreciate that. But I have no credibility, so it's not doing that much good. So. <laughs> it's like, whoop, bring you down. That's so funny. I love your passion, but I'm a nobody. So. <laughs> I ain't nobody. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. How can generational sin be broken? And we're going to give you the answer to it. Here's the reality. The Lord created families as an extension of his image. And family that prays together, stays together, family that sticks together, it will will destroy the curse. That, that's the answer. Yeah. God is reveals himself as our heavenly father. Yeah. And and God has, I don't, I, this probably doesn't sound right, but God created femininity. That, that works. I don't want to say God has a feminine side. I want right. to say right. God created femininity and right. femininity and masculinity coming together for procreative purposes to create new people procreation right. in the image of god born in us well, and yeah and you know these people that are trying to def- destroy the family and especially with the gender and all that do you not realize that without a man and without a woman nobody can be born yeah and nothing nothing will ever change that yeah, history's kind of proven that out, hasn't it? Over and over again. And but but that's also Satan's plan. Satan's plan is to destroy the family because as the family goes, so goes the nation. And if you look at the family in America, the family unit, it has all but been destroyed. And if if there's still a family unit trying to stay intact, they are numero uno in the sights of Satan to bring down. Yep. He's got to wipe it out. In order yeah. to rule the world, well, because and here's the here's the thing that brings it down. Not only does Satan bring it down, but we bring it down when we refuse to die to ourselves, and because our natural state is selfish at best mm-hmm. and pathological at its worst. Yeah, yeah, we're a mess. We need Jesus. It's it's horrific, right? At every level, and <laughs> this is so funny. Dysfunction seems to be a natural thing to humanity. Was well, to me. <laughs> Major dysfunction and it's contagious and it a little sin, little leaven leaven the whole yeah. lump. It goes from it just grows and it gets worse. Dude, my my family is dysfunctional and you know not 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 mine now, not my wife and my girls and I, but the one when I grew up. And I'm going to tell you some of them fixed that and some of them did not. And the ones that did not, their life's still sucking wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't say it's not getting any better. And, and it's, and here's, do you know, do you know why? Cause it's everybody else's fault. <laughs> well, I was probably the most dysfunctional in our group and in my immediate family, but then it's amazing how God reached out and saved me first to show that right. he can change things. Right. Of course, that's tough. Well, because Jesus is the only one going to take away the dysfunctional mess. The world tells you it's not even dysfunctional. It's normal. <laughs> yeah, the world says it's okay. It's normal to be yeah. 74 genders. Yeah. It's normal for a woman to be with a woman and a man to be with a man. It's normal for white people to hate blacks and blacks to hate whites. It's normal for uh, one 
one race to blame another and another to blame back. It's, you know what? It's normal to take guns and go into schools and shoot it up. Oh, you know what? It's normal for the law not to keep the law. Hey, it's normal for our government to sell out our nation. Hey, it's normal. You know what? They've, they've normalized everything like it's nothing. And I'm going to tell you the reality is all of that combined is destroying the nation because none of that. Okay. The only normal thing about it is the sin. The nation that forgets God shall be turned into hell. And we are there as a nation. Yeah. But our focus yeah. is on the remedy today. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked about. Dude, this whole topic flares me up. It, yeah. I'm so, I am. I am sorry if I have offended anyone in the last three weeks. This one being third, the third week. And if I haven't offended you yet, hold on. It's not over. <laughs> Uh, How do you not be passionate about watching families die, watching your country die, watching people die, watching children die? Uh, um, if you love them, how can you not have passion? Jeremiah was called to minister to God's people as that was happening to Israel. They yeah. were soon to completely fall to Babylon, and he was called the weeping prophet. And that's where we are. This passion that we feel uh, is because we care. You know, at first I thought Jeremiah was a wimp because, you know, he's always crying. But he never quit. He just hung in. Well, here's the thing. I realized, because everyone has different personalities, right? I mean, obviously I, I'm a pretty strong personality. I'm in your face. But for Jeremiah, his love. He was kind. He was kind, and it was his love for his fellow uh, humans, humanity, his fellow countrymen. It was it was his love for God, and watching them fall and go through what they were going to go. It was through. a long ministry too. Yeah. It was years and years and of oppression. Yeah, but well, and, and guess what we have today. Nobody listening. Okay, well, I'm not going to say nobody, but... They wanted to silence him. They yeah. threw him in jail. Yeah. Shut up. And then the king, the hypocrisy of the king, sneak around, look both, look both ways, make sure nobody knew, and then he sneak <laughs> Go talk to him. Hey, Jeremiah, <laughs> did uh, God... Any word from the Lord there, bro? I, I won't tell anybody, you know? I might, if I like what you say, I might even take you out of jail. Yeah. But he didn't, king didn't want it here. He just no. wanted to use it for political expediency, right. you know? That I can feel good as I continue in my sin. <sighs> so dysfunction is historical. And it, it, it cycles throughout generations. Right. But each of those generations, time of the judges, they just kind of were tested mm -hmm. and got their eyes off the Lord and right. failed. And they bottomed right. out. And in the bottom, they got desperate. Oh, God, help. They yeah. repented. Yeah. They confessed. And then God began to lift them back up again. But here's, here's one of the things that I find really interesting about the dysfunctional sin that we're talking about. With every generation, it gets worse and worse because what was... An atrocity to one generation becomes the norm for the next. Yeah, because of the standard. Yeah, it's just the, the standard just goes right, lower right. and lower. And, and, lower. and it's because we become numb to it. Yeah, and then when you see something that is normal and healthy, it's freakish. Uh -huh. People think you're, you're crazy. I remember I was at a restaurant. I think I might have mentioned this a year ago on a podcast. And my children were very well behaved. And they were just... And we were in a restaurant and an older lady came. She goes, I've been watching your family. They're so well-behaved. How do you, you're a young couple. How do you have such well-behaved kids? I said, well, I'm a young, we're a young couple, but we're old school. You know, uh, I have the, the, what do they say? The 
I, I said in some in reference to corporal punishment. She freaked out on me, <laughs> told me off right in front of my kids. You know, how dare you? It's like, well, here, here's the proofs in the pudding. You know, yeah. And I mean, I hardly yeah. ever spanked my kids, right. but they knew the potential was there. And when I did it, I did it with love. I wasn't out of control, and uh, and my kids walk with God, love sure. us to death, and it turned out yeah. great. But people just to see a biblical model just is freakish today. Today it really is, and and I'm going to tell you because we're so functional, that's why salvation through Jesus is the key. Mm-hmm. That that is it, guys. If you want to break generational sin, it's through Jesus. If you want to break the generational curse. It's through Jesus. And here's what happens is Jesus offers forgiveness and cleansing of sin. And it's real and unconditional love. Isn't it amazing how our American government, the one I've lived with under this country all these years, they try to throw money at fixing the problem. Right. And it's really a decision. It's not money. It's a decision. And you can send trillions of dollars. It's never going to fix it. Never, ever, ever. But they pontificate and they rise up like we're some kind of righteous people. Because they're, they're their own God, they can't follow And they ban God. the scriptures yeah. from our schools. Yeah. They ban prayer from our school. They, they It's like, no, we're the answer. We're the government. And see, that's what Satan, he's re- replacing the family with government. Absolutely. God with government. Yeah. And it just continues to get completely out of control. Right. And insane. And Jesus says... Uh, the Bible says in First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Kind of like a fresh start, huh? It's a fresh start. That's beautiful. And, and it's also the beginning of uh, new life, new mind, new thinking, new ways, new direction. But listen, it's only through Christ. Jesus gives us power right? We get the power to love like he does. If people want, if people really want love, right? They're like, love, love, love. Everyone should love one another. The only way it's going to happen is to do it God's way. Matter of fact, uh, God is love. And if it weren't for God being love, we would be clueless of God's love, except for he has shown it to us. Yeah. Love and truth are two different sides of the same coin. Absolutely. And people, by the way, have, you can't have love without truth. And people want to, in today's world, oh, love, it feels this, and how do you feel about it? And uh, they, they hate truth. Yes. And truth and freedom are like the two different sides of the same coin, too. You shall know the truth, and truth shall set you free. Free. So, this yeah. is, uh, if there could be three Great sides point. of one coin. Uh, truth, love, and freedom. They're, that's all locked into the right. same. So we have a, a world that, oh, they lock in on love, but they get rid of truth right. and they get rid of freedom and the bondage just yeah. intensifies. Well, and here's the thing, because the stool can't stand on two legs. Yep. Yeah. So That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> you get the point. Listen, Jesus is our example <laughs> Uh, on how to love rather than loving ourselves or pleasures because we're pretty addicted to that. John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And so if we are going to show the world what true love is, it is only as Christ loved us can we love others. And it's only through Christ can you love. Without Jesus, mm, Yeah, you're hurting because here's the problem. Sin's destructive consequences 
uh, hurt the person committing the sin as well as those around him. We talked about that in the last podcast that uh, the rock in the pond, right? And how it ripples out and you called it wave, waveology. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, uh, yeah, I gave you a point, whether it's a, it's a real word it's or in not. It's dictionary, man. It's yeah, in <laughs> You okay? <laughs> the dictionary. That's you know, this, that's this, actually pretty funny, dude. There's a point. Okay, I'm giving it to okay, you. Okay, the dictionary. <laughs> but when Christ comes in with a new mind, a new song, a new twinkle in our eyes, uh, wind in our sail, it's no longer about self. I remember right. as that that teenage kid growing up at home, lying to my parents constantly because I didn't know one did not want them to know where I'm going, who I'm with, what I'm doing. So it was, of course. everything was a lie. Yeah. Everything was a cover up. And my brother, we cover for each other. And, right. and it was all about me and having fun and mine and self. And I didn't really hurt my mom and dad, but right. uh, I lived, I didn't care. You know, I just lied to them. Right. Then I got saved. And then all of a sudden, I don't want to lie to them. Right. But also, right. I didn't need to lie to right. them. I'm going right. to church. And nobody tried to get me high at church, you know, right. except the preachers. Preaching so here's, here's what's funny. There's a girl started coming to our church. She got saved. Her and her husband get saved. And dude, I love this couple, man. They are, I love, I love, love, love this couple. And she put on a, on Facebook of all the things that I've done in my life, I've done so many other things and nobody bothers to protect me or help me then. But I go to church and all of a sudden they got to come to my aid. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. what are you doing going to church? I finally do something good for me and nobody likes it. She's, <laughs> why are you, why are you coming at me for going to church? Why didn't you help me when I was actually doing things to hurt myself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's impressive. real, man. Yeah. And, and, you know, this, this, this victory that right. comes to us in Christ, you're not, I wasn't thinking about, uh, doing what I want to do. I was thinking like, I want to honor my father and mother. Right. Right. I never, that never crossed my mind. <laughs> and now with Christ in me, right. I wanted to honor them. Right. Now with Christ in me, I, I didn't need to lie because I got rid of the dope. Mm. I wasn't afraid my mom's going to find something in my bedroom because there wasn't right. anything that would be embarrassing. Isn't it, isn't it amazing uh, what kind of life it is when you're not looking over your shoulder all the time? Yeah. Yeah. I remember with this girl, Jeannie, uh, the girl who brought me to church. We're in a car and say, be cool, there's a cop, be cool, there's a cop. I'd been living that way for several years. Right. Just be cool, there's a cop. And she's like, I'm not doing anything wrong. So? And I realized I got no dope in the car. I haven't been high in like a whole month. Right. You know, I'm not I'm not going to dope parties anymore. I don't have any drug connections anymore. But that paranoia, dude. Yeah, it took a while. And then I realized like, so hey, the, the police are, are my friends now. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not trying to hide anything. Well, the police are your friends now because you're not their enemy. <laughs> yeah and it, it was such a revelation to me yeah. it's like boy i have passed from death unto life in that cycle of sin that generational sin that had bound me right and controlled me for all right. these years just broken right just like that just in the, like that in the name of jesus it's gone just like that because here's the reality guys each person each generation has a choice their own choice Right. You can either let those past sins control you and keep dominating your life or, and, and keep repeating the cycle, or you can stop it. I'm going to drag a Bible verse on that. Please do. When Joshua died, it said that generation that knew Joshua, they served the Lord. Yes. But then it rose up a generation 
that did not that, know the Lord. And they did not serve the Lord. And they, they were the beneficiaries of all Joshua's victories. And they, they had the land. They were living the dream. They had the resources. Their enemies were smitten, and they couldn't handle the success. Yep. And they were, instead of being dependent upon God for everything like their parents were, now they got it all. They're like, now they want to live independent right. from God and right back into the yep. gutter they went. Absolutely. You know, and that's the thing. I will say this today, that there are, there are many people that want to break the cycle. But it's all they've ever known, and they don't know how. That's why we're doing this podcast. Yeah, exactly. And and let me encourage you. Share this. Share. Find a church that's preaching the gospel. Get involved because you're going to need help. Yeah. Amen. Uh, listen, you can't save yourself on a, on a sinking raft. You, you just can't do it. And so make sure that you get help. If you really want to break this cycle of sin and the, and the, the negative aspect that, that all comes with that, then you need to find someone that knows how to do that. You know, when I came to Christ, my pastor practiced what you just said. Mm -hmm. He knew I came out of the drug culture. He knew my parents' lifestyle, the dysfunctional home. He pulled me in, and we kind of, he had like a father-son talk with me on this topic. And he told me personally in 1972, sitting in his office, that through Christ, all of that, sin and sorrow that goes with and pain that goes yep. with that that jesus can fix all of that right but you must right. plug in you need the church you need to the, be the beneficiary right. of all right. the spiritual gifts in this church and have a, have a loving pastor who was kind of overseeing me he's a shepherd he's shepherding me he saw me getting too close to the cliff he wanted to grab me right grab that little hook and pull me away from that cliff that's love we're in a world today that doesn't understand that kind of pastoral care right. love oh yeah, it's none of your business pastor uh yeah it is yeah, yeah. you yeah. know so that's the thing is is i i called a, a person out for their sin and they said, well, uh, pastor really it's none of your business. And I was like, Whoa, buddy, when you bring it into my house, it's my business. Yes, sir. When I got to start counseling all the people that got destroyed through poor decisions, it's my business. When I, when I'm up at night getting phone calls at midnight, it's my business. When I got teenagers who are wanting to commit suicide, it's my business. Yes, when I got adults wanting to bail out on their families, it's my business. When I have got to go out and bail people out that have been hurt because of people that have made those, it's my business. Listen, I'm telling you now, you, you it's my business because you, you put it at my doorstep. What's a good shepherd do when there's a wolf trying to take out the sheep? You protect that flock and yeah. you take down the wolf. Yes, sir. That's all part of pastoral care that we yeah. get today. Right. And and so to say that it's none of my business as a pastor or even none of someone else's business and they're part of of the tragedy that's about to happen, it's their business. Mm -hmm. And in order to avoid that, we need to surround ourselves with godly people. In order to do that, we need to seek God first. We need to surrender our life to Christ. And then I will tell you this. When you do that, uh, unfortunately, a lot of problems will begin on another level. 
Satan's going to attack. Family members might not like you anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? For many of us, they're first-generational believers in our immediate family. We've already suffered that rejection. Mm-hmm. Right. That was very common when I first came to Northeast. People were being saved, born again uh, out of Catholic families, and most of them were the first ones. And, boy, the family was furious with that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, well, I'm born a Catholic, I die a Catholic, and they didn't even practice Catholicism. Right. It was just part of a cultural thing, right. not really a spiritual thing. And we get attacked. Right. But I've watched those families that that got attacked and they were ridiculed and put down you keep your religion to yourself. And it's like, it's not even a religion. It's just Jesus. Right. And they were put down until a crisis arose. And then that family who had rejected them kind of, they go to the Christian first. Yeah. Go, yep. Yeah. Uh, Luke twelve fifty one through 53 talks about when you're breaking the cycle, how it can divide families mm-hmm. because you choose Jesus for some reason, the family thinks you've went against them. <laughs> so crazy. Do you, but you could choose to be a drunk, and they don't want to be a drunk. You didn't go against them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, nobody confronted me with my alcohol and drugs and stuff. But they confronted you with Jesus. Don't bring that in my house because it divided my house. Yeah. Wait a minute. Alcohol doesn't kill, but Jesus does. Gotcha. I just, okay, here we go. Luke twelve fifty one through 53. Do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? I tell you, not at all, but rather division. What? Jesus came to divide? He goes on, verse 52. From now on, five in the house will be divided, three against two, two against three. Father will be divided against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. This is talking about those who surrender to Christ, that live in the house with those who don't or are Un- relatives. Unsurrendered to Christ. That are unsurrendered to Christ. And there is a division. And that's what he's talking about. And the the unbelievers. It's an automatic division. And the unbelievers uh, blame yeah. the believers for everything. Yeah. No, and by the way, if there's no division, you might not have gotten saved. <laughs> I think so. Hey, how about the Christ family himself? You know, when Mary... They hated him. They hated Jesus. And I think, you know, when they all came to see him down in Capernaum, there was a big (laughs) crowd, and the disciples said, hey, your mom and brothers and sisters are here to see you. And he goes, all of you you that will follow me are my brothers. Hey, that makes me feel good. He even said, who is my mother? Yeah. But but, but the mother told her, his brothers, go in and get him because, man, he's causing problems. (laughs) And they were crazy. Enough. And when Mary was following Jesus to the crucifixion, his the brothers were no, and sisters nowhere to be right. found. But after the resurrection, they, they realized, mm-hmm. hey, big brother was son of God. Right. And they became strong. James, the, the brother of Jesus, became the pastor in the church. He was the pastor yeah, in, in, right of up. Jerusalem yeah, he in stepped, Acts. He stepped up. But just, he, he, yeah. see that he, he saw the light. Right. That he received Christ. Right. He got the strength. The lights came on. And the passion was there and the victory was there yeah, for that family. Well, and here's the other thing too, because what happens is if there's crazy and dysfunction in your home and then somebody in the house gets saved, they can't live in that dysfunction anymore. So what happens is they have to talk about it or they have to expose it. And now we hate them because not because so much they love Jesus, but because uh, light exposes darkness mm-hmm. and that causes problems, you know, and uh, I, you know, uh, I've seen issues where the child exposed the sin of the household 
And one of the parents completely flipped out on the child. That was me at our house. I was, I was going to say, it wasn't you, dude. Cause I <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, my, I was getting my brothers high, giving them drugs and booze uh, from the time my little brother Dan was like nine. Right. It was, it was horrible. Mm. And then I get saved and I go clean. I'm sober, no drugs, trying to take my brothers uh, to church. And my mom, lay off your brothers, you know, you're, you're going to be a bad influence. You're we have enough problems in this house. Don't drag religion into it. I'm like, mom, <laughs> mom, I'm helping. She didn't, well, in, you know, down the road she got right, it. Right, right. But immediately, immediately they don't. It freaked her. And she, yeah. she kind of got in my face and kind of turned, told yeah. me off. Yeah, yeah. My own mother. Yeah. But, you know, it was amazing. You talk about the right people. As my own mother was kind of rejecting me, she loved me to death, but she just didn't get it yet. But there was a lady in the church, uh, uh, Mrs. Hager, uh, and uh, I just called her Mrs. Hager, my good friend Mark's mom, and she was a single mom with three boys, and she sort of adopted me to be number four. And God provided, my pastor would call it a mother in Israel, a church mom Amen. that pulled me in and mommed me. That's another word right. I just made up. Right. She mommed me when my own mom. Because mothered me wasn't good. <laughs> she mommed me. I got you. And I'm telling There's you. There's a difference. Uh, Janet Hager. Oh, my goodness. Right. And how God, because I was plugged into the church. She was plugged into the church. She was a single mom working like 60 hours a week to provide for her boys because the dad was a deadhead. Dad didn't give her anything. And she just rose up and she adopted me. And uh, at the human level, like, where would I be without right. Mrs. Hager? But God put her right. there next to me to love me. So this is all part of God right. breaking that, uh, that bondage of generational right. sin. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, um, they, your parents always tell you, don't lie, don't lie, don't lie, don't lie. So my dad was like, don't lie. Boy, you ever lie, I'll beat you to death. And he meant it. And then one day he did something that I witnessed. And he lied. I and think. he lied about it. And I was asked about it. But I wasn't there when he lied about it. I was simply asked. And I told the truth. Like, right? Because that's what we're supposed to do as a kid. I told the truth. It wow. destroyed the relationship between my dad and I. Because now my dad felt like I betrayed him. And he felt like, you know what I'm saying? And uh, so then I got a beating for telling the truth. And then the relationship just kind of sank from there. And... I'm supposed to, and then I, I was like, oh, I get it. I'm supposed to tell the truth unless the truth incriminates you. <laughs> now I'm the lie. It's just crazy, right? Isn't it amazing? The complications that come to innocent children Yep. because the parents are stupid. Yeah. And I can very easily be a stupid parent without mm -hmm. Jesus. Yeah. So all these things just remind me, I need Jesus, I need right. Jesus. Because the I truth is, without Jesus, you can't break the grip of sin. No way. You, you, you just can't do it. You can barely do it with him. So without him, you, you're, there's no hope. Without him, we can do, do nothing, right? And so as a new generation begins and a family, in order for the family to survive this new generation, that the parents of the new generation they have to seek the biblical model. Now, here's the biblical model that we have to seek. We have to seek the biblical model for parenting, for marriage, 
for relationships, for how to get rid of uh, destructive ways. Like we, we got to follow the biblical model. Balance of time, <sighs> equity, honesty, integrity, all of these things right. are ingredients to yeah. the health of a family. Yeah. And, and I'm going to tell you the secret, the number one, the number one secret to success of raising children, good children, godly children, is having a solid marriage. I can only love my children as much as I love their mama. And loving mom is loving the kids. That's right. And uh, because, Well, and here's the thing. You tear the house apart, you tear the children apart. Mm-hmm. And, and I know I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. When people say, children are resilient, they'll be okay. No, you've left them no other option to be, to be resilient. And now all they want to do is commit suicide. And now that it's on the table, more and more and more and more children are feeling more and more and more able to commit suicide or to pick another gender other than the two that are offered by God or to leave what is natural for humanity and seek that which is unnatural or to lock themselves away from humanity and become, I mean, the the damage is so crazy. And I'm just going to tell you, you want to break generational sin. You want to break generational, uh, generational curse. Keep your marriage together. Teach your children how to love one another and how to work through problems and how to not run from everything and how not to be so selfish and self gratifying. And I mean, teach your children how they should handle relationships and and problems and crisis. And guess what? Your children are going to grow up to be strong, functioning people that can do that. Mm. Model it. Just mo- Thank you. There's the word. Two points. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm giving everything I got, John. Throw me a point, dude. I gave you two. You haven't given me any today. Uh, okay. I just, you do I get one? Do I get one for the topic? Half point for the top. You're killing me. I give. This is the third third podcast on the same topic. This is the remedy. Technically, yeah, it's not. I mean, it's the same topic, but okay. it's a different view. You get a point for passion. Okay, I'll give you, I'll give you that. that. All right, so I got a point and a half. Okay, there right. you go. But you're still ahead of me by a po- half a point. You got to make up new words. <laughs> I got to have a dictionary. <laughs> I gotta say that was I I almost gave you a point for dictionary. That is hilarious. <laughs> we need to have a little levity uh, on this topic, amen. Yeah, dictionary. because it is it is so encompassing. You go up yeah. and down a neighborhood, you drive through, and you see a beautiful house, and everything's trimmed, and you go inside, and you wonder what's happening behind those walls. And it's horrible you sometimes. Got, they man. got a Mercedes out in the yard, and they got kids in there. Uh, they, they, nobody, themselves. nobody, nobody even comes out and plays anymore. The kids are in there cutting themselves in the room, listening to uh, evil music and just uh, contemplating. You know, why am I here? Where am I going? What's up while, while the parents, while the parents are out giving them the good life, everything they didn't have. Meanwhile, they're sacrificing everything they did have. And I, I we pastor in suburban areas with middle upper middle class people, and money to, and uh, comfortable homes and beautiful cars don't fix this problem. Yeah. It really doesn't. Matter of fact, it usually exacerbates it because yeah. in order to have all that means mom and dad's not home. You get a half a point for exacerbate. That's a good word. Thank you. So now we're at 2-2. Two, I'm, two. I'm, I'm in a good mood. <laughs>
That, that's, Did you that, find exacerbate in the dictionary? <laughs> it's not in the dictionary. <laughs> that one's in the dictionary. Oh, my, that's so funny. <laughs> All right, listen. When family members submit to God's commandment to follow him, right, the consequence is this. Peace, love, fulfillment, joy, happiness, satisfaction. We've lived this dream and an unsuspecting candidate to have things go well in his life, as I was. Right. Grace was greater than our sin. We'd sit down with our children uh, around the dinner table and say, okay, uh, what's daddy's job? What? Who's the big boss at our house? Jesus. Who's? Who did Jesus say is the family boss? Daddy. Who's the second boss? Mommy. <laughs> and they say, okay. And as they got older, we'd have them add to that. What is dad's responsibility? Have my kids tell me what my responsibility is. And you know what? They told me. They were Sunday school kids and they were around the Bible and they knew. And they knew what mom's responsibility was. And we walked. Do you know why? Because you guys lived it and they knew what to expect. And the expectation was always fulfilled. And therefore they understood the responsibilities. And when when I messed up along the way. I didn't pretend like I didn't mess up. Right. I went to them face to face, got on my knees and confessed my failure. I did the same thing, man. And well, you talk about powerful. My kids would weep, say, dad, we love you. We know you're not perfect. We're not perfect either, but you love us unconditionally. We love you unconditionally. It's like, this works, man. This works. Dude. When I listen, when I was wrong or I messed up, I'd go to my, my girls and I'd say, listen, dad was wrong. Yeah. And, and I need to ask you to forgive me. Powerful words. Because here's what they understood. They understood that dad had no problem accepting responsibility for where he screwed up, which helps them to accept responsibility for where they mess up. Our boss told us we're wrong and we confess it. And boy, my girls forgave me so fast. Right. I know. Man, they forgive me so fast. Isn't this so cool, Lord, right? Yeah, pray. I had them pray over me. Lord, pray that yeah. I'll be a good dad. And boy, they'd weep and pray over yeah. me. And uh, I love, I mean, we have a distinct the real deal. Our right. family is yeah. the real deal. Yeah. And they right. have established right. good marriages. Yeah. And, and by the way, let me just say this. All of this that we're talking about on the good side didn't happen by accident. We worked for it. We messed up along the way. We learned along the way. We made adjustments along the way. But the, the, the key is we were always working to keep going along the way. Just plug along. That's all you can right do, thing. right? See, God creates this perfect system called the family. Sacred. It is sacred and it works, but sin has damaged it. Outside sin and sin within. When we get selfish and we just want our way and we're, we're not getting what we think we should get out of the family, blah, 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 blah. And usually if we're not getting it out, it's because we haven't put anything in. and Because it does run both ways. And the, the truth is, God's principle is true and it works. And his principle is that we reap what we sow. Galatians 6, 7 through 9. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap. For if he sows to his flesh, will of the flesh reap corruption. But if he sows to the spirit, will the spirit reap everlasting life. And I'm just going to tell you, you People are getting what they're putting into it because God says that's what's going to happen. Verse 9, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good, right? And so 
don't lose heart. Hang in there. Keep going. And remember, you know, so I tore my motorcycle down two weeks ago. And, um, of course, it would be a few weeks from the time this goes up. But I tore it down because I wanted to fix it. And then I sent it off the, a part off to a shop that was supposed to fix it, and they didn't get it fixed. So then I had to send it to another shop in Ohio. He fixed it, man, did a great job, sends it back to me. And then I dive in to get it all put back together. And I would just tell you this, my hands were all greasy, right? Well, it just took one touch of the nasty part, and my hands were greasy. And then I had to go to the sink, and I had to wash it. And I had to wash it and I had to wash them and wash them and wash them. And then finally, after several washes and scrubbings and so on and so forth, they came clean. Then you had to scrub the sink. Then, <laughs> right? My point is, is that one poor decision can make a mess. Don't get discouraged the first time you try to clean up the mess. So what we have is a biblical model to be a dad, to be a husband, biblical model to be a mom, to be a wife, a biblical model to be a, a godly kid, biblical principles of problem resolution, mm -hmm. biblical uh, spiritual fruit, love, joy, peace, long suffering, right. gentleness, speak to me. And when we have these ingredients in a, in a humbled heart, looking to the Lord, loving others better than ourselves, we have this beautiful thing God called the family. Yeah. And, and I would tell you this, if you invest in your children and you teach them and you raise them up, Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. This passage is mainly talking about finances. But I would tell you this, that will stick true to life in general yep. as a whole. And also, it's not 100. Listen, there's, there's going to be times where your child goes off to college and gets involved with wrong stuff. And that had nothing to do with your parenting. That had everything to do with poor choice of the child. Your job is to do what is right. Because if you go back and listen to the other two podcasts, what you will find is God holds us responsible for what we do. So invest in your children. At least it gives them a greater chance of being successful as adults. Yeah. Give them all you got. Yeah. And not just material things. You can spoil them. And boy, that, that's a powerful word. Spoil. <sighs> yeah. And and I, I put this here. Children who are loved and valued will honor their parents, but sowing seeds of instant gratification and irresponsibility will, will reap a harvest of he heartache. Yeah. Be sure your sins will find you out. And these people that are constantly giving in their children and constantly, you know, with, like with my kids, listen, my kids didn't get good things uh, to bribe them to be good. They got good things because they were good and I didn't have to bribe them. Mm -hmm. And so for you parents who are like, oh, give them this and they'll behave. They know then next time if they're out of control, they're going to get what they want. You can't up the ante because they'll keep upping it further than you can. Yep. They want to be in control and they, yeah. they prove that they are when you're bribing. Oh, my goodness. They're in control. They're in control. And so parents just do what's right. Uh, also, I will tell you this, that uh, wounds from past hurts takes a while to overcome. That's why you have to, like, 
trying to clean the grease off my hands. I just have to keep washing them and washing them and washing them and washing them. And eventually they come clean. It doesn't happen overnight. It's kind of like getting in debt. You can get in debt overnight, but you can't get out of it overnight. It takes time. It takes process. So if it doesn't happen immediately, don't get discouraged. Keep going. Keep dealing with it. Keep working through it so that you can have success and you can get rid of your past hurts. And then that way you won't put these hurts on your children or anyone else. And if you keep that old way of thinking, it's going to cloud your judgment to new way of thinking and the new way of doing so. And you'll stay in the pattern. So you have to get out of that. You And this is work. This, I mean, I'm telling you, this is work. Yeah. This, this isn't going to be easy. The spirit of God brings us to your mind. You, you seek, you find, you get the truth and you feel helpless. Then you ask him, mm-hmm. Lord, I'm a mess. I screwed up here. Right. He, he speaks to you. You confess, you repent, you, you, sometimes you do it towards your children and you just do the next right thing and then it starts to build. Yes. It can be a momentum right. for evil right. or a momentum for good. Absolutely. And I will tell you, the weapon against being fooled and deceived and, and kept in darkness is the Bible. Amen. It's the Bible. Yeah, it's the blueprint for life. Oh, my it's goodness. The manual for uh, behavior. Yeah. yeah. Matthew, uh, Jesus says in Matthew 16, 24 through 25, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. If, if you are truly looking to fix things, you have to deny yourself and follow Christ. Get the fixer in control. That's it. You, you have to. Guys, I'm telling you, if you don't, it's going to be a long struggle with lots of disappointment. And what God meant for a blessing, family, yeah. will be uh, sometimes your worst nightmare. Yeah. Listen, Jesus gives us wisdom in Luke 17 and wisdom to make right choices. Luke 1 17. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and to the disobedient and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. God will give us what we need through the Holy Spirit. James 1, 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So we're without excuse there. And then in James three seventeen, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. And so again, if you really are looking, God says, I will give you wisdom. I will give you everything you need to be successful in this walk. The problem with most people is their choices and they're not willing to sacrifice or to give up the bad choices because they still want that moment of pleasure for the great choices. And the, and that moment of pleasure can cause a lifetime of destruction, pride and lust. Will destroy it all. It, it, it will in a moment's notice. And so the result of our relationship with Christ is we can act like sons and daughters of God. We can be children of God. And what does that look like? Well, Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We have to renew our mind. Listen, you, you, you can't keep doing what you always did. If you don't put something new in, you got nothing new coming out. 
if you always do what you always did, you always get what you always got. got. It never, it won't change. And so, uh, listen, just like dieting and exercise, you know, sometimes it's not always fun, but if we're going to get where we're going, we have to do it. And, and, and it can't be an event. It's got to be, it's got to be a lifestyle. Yes, sir. It's got to be a lifestyle, right? Second uh, Corinthians six seventeen through eighteen. Therefore, come out from among them, the world, and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Come out from among them. You listen. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. You can't go into the barn and expect the cows to come out smelling like you. <laughs> Amen. I got that, John. <laughs> do I get a point? You you do. Oh, I take it. All right, I take it. So, listen guys, our choice to follow Christ is absolutely the greatest gift that we can ever give to future generations. And when you apply this to family and you get a God who fixes your family, and put you on that foundation and you you get it as a husband you you get it as a wife you get it as kids and now grandparents right. it's fantastic what a plan yeah. hey guys i hope that this has helped and if it has please like share subscribe and follow and until next time god bless